Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for March has been provided by CashFly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. CashFly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. Today's episode is brought to you by Text Expander. Text Expander is one of my all-time favorite Mac utilities. I use it to expand short abbreviations into full snippets of text that I've defined. But that's just the beginning. You can use Text Expander to, tr- to trigger Apple scripts and shell scripts, which is something I use a lot. I have quite a few free snippet groups available on my blog at brettterpshire.com that you should check out. Text Expander also has fill-in snippets, which let you set variables in a snippet that you can fill in on the fly. You can have text fields, pop-up menus, and options sections, which make it really easy to automate a lot of the tedious work that goes into answering emails and other repetitive typing tasks. Text Expander is also available on iOS as Text Expander Touch. Because of the limitations of iOS, it doesn't work in the background like it does on the Mac, but the developers at Smile have created an SDK so that other apps can integrate Text Expander support. There are over 140 apps that have Text Expander support, including most of the leading iOS text editing apps. I've even created a snippet group for Markdown that you can use with Text Expander Touch also on my blog. Text Expander is $34.95, but systematic listeners can get 20% off of full licenses until May 1st, 2013 using the coupon code SYSTEMATIC or visit smilesoftware.com systematic. The discount applies to family packs and office packs, but does not apply to upgrades. Uh, definitely go check Text Expander out. And my guest this week is Jonathan Snook. Uh, hello, Snook. Hello, how's it going? It's going really well. Uh, you've been you've been a blogger and web developer for uh, well, I know you've been blogging for at least twelve years. Is, yes. Does it go back farther than that? No, it, it was uh, yeah, it was about twelve years ago when I uh, had been working professionally for a couple of years and started you know writing down stuff that I was running into. I I share the same personality um, where I, I tend to share everything that I learn. Uh, through blogging and other methods, is yes. this uh, is this kind of um, a therapeutic? Is it a personal notebook? How how does your blog function for you? Yeah, it's definitely a notebook. It's like okay, I've run into this issue, and if I ever run into it again, uh, I have a place to go to find it, and it, it's worked exceptionally well. Do you um, do you have a custom site search, or do you just wait, wait for your own results to show up on Google for you? <laughs> Thankfully, Google is pretty fast. Uh, yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't built a site search, so Google does a great job for me. That's cool. I've heard uh, many times from people who do what we do that they'll forget they ever solved a problem and have yes. their own search results pop up and realize, oh, I did that three years ago. <laughs> yeah, I've I've run into that problem uh, where I've just come across my own site. It's I don't cool. think it's a problem. I think it's actually. Uh, it, it, it proves that keeping a notebook like that is highly useful and yes. keeping it online means it's search index. So you're not going to forget about it. That's great. Exactly. It's kind of like Evernote, but like public. Yeah. Yeah. And you're helping other people with your Evernote. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I find that both fulfilling and useful. Yeah, it's nice to be able to talk to people and have them go, oh, man, I love your blog. Uh, you know, you've helped me out on this issue or that issue. And it's nice that I can save somebody else time. And and I would say you have definitely saved me a lot of time. I, I have honestly been reading uh, your work for 
12 years now. Awesome. And uh, that's why I was excited to have you on the show. You're kind of uh, an old school hero for me. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, so you've, you've done a lot of, uh, you've had a lot of jobs in your career. Uh, where, where did your, did you start freelance or did you come straight into it as like a full-time employee? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, the web for me was always a hobby, um, you know, ever since like 94, uh, 95 when things, uh, really started to take off. And, but it wasn't until, uh, almost 1999 before I actually thought, oh, wait, I can actually make a career out of this. And so the, for me, the freelance wasn't, um, a consideration at that time. Um, it was just, I, I needed to, work in a company, uh, one for the stability, but two, to, uh, I think validate that I knew what I was doing. And so I found a web company that was willing to hire me despite having no real history except for what I had online. And, uh, so I worked there for a couple of years, um, mostly government websites. Uh, I live in Ottawa. Ottawa is a government town. It's the nation's capital. And so I found myself working on a lot of, um, maybe less than exciting websites. Um, Government websites aren't all that exciting, uh, but it was a good learning experience. Yeah, I, I I don't think I would trust an exciting government website. <laughs> I feel like they, by nature, have to be boring. Yeah. Yeah. So did did your career path, was it helped more by uh, kind of the stepping stones of your jobs or did your blogging and sharing affect the next job you would get? It uh, the, the blog wasn't a factor early in my career. Uh, it was definitely a case of you know working local, uh, finding uh, companies and working with people that I knew at other companies, and then seeing an opportunity to to move companies. Um, and um, you know I, I kind of moved from uh, one company uh, where I was doing mostly government websites to another company mostly doing uh, government websites to finally a company uh, called Fuel Industries, which uh, is well-known more in the Flash community and uh, working with high-profile projects uh, like McDonald's and Red Bull and stuff like that. And like that was when I was like, okay, this is fun. I can talk about the stuff that I do, and people will understand and be excited by the stuff that I'm working on. Uh, that was something that I really enjoyed. And along the way, you, you built a lot of... Uh, tools, prototyping tools, uh, modular CSS systems, etc. Um, were those were those always like were you always allowed to share those, or did you work on a lot of stuff that kind of had to remain proprietary and secret? I think that any of the stuff that I've put out there was. I feel like an adaptation of what was already out there. Um, so the, it's, I mean, the, the stuff that I worked on, you know, we might have built our own libraries. None of that was stuff that we could put out there. Um, and it was never something that I thought, oh, let me put that out there so that, um, you know, I can have people working on it. I think that like this open source community that we have now, uh, maybe wasn't quite as, uh, as big back then. Uh, where everybody from design and developers would be into this open source. Um, I mean, nowadays, pretty much everybody has their GitHub repo. Everybody's putting something out there. And back then, it was just a case of, okay, you know, this is something that um, I'm going to build a tool that helps my day job. That tool 
uh, is something that I'm doing on the side, I can put out there. Uh, so like my color contrast checker, for example, was something where um, Hewlett Packard had one on their website, but it was kind of buggy, didn't have the features that I wanted, and I just wanted to say, okay, well, since that one wasn't doing what I wanted to do, let me build my own, uh, put it on my website so I have a place to go to use it. And lo and behold, a ton of other people use it as well, which is fantastic. Uh, but it wasn't something that I like specifically went out and thought, I need to make a public tool to do this. It was a case of, I need to build a tool to help me in my day job, and I'll just have it out there so other people can use it. And that's, uh, I think... Probably the most useful thing that the entire web community does because I don't think I would have learned half of what I know if I hadn't been able to use other people's tools, dissect other people's tools, rebuild other people's tools. It's uh, it's something that I don't think in history has ever been available uh, this widely, the ability to take tools and see how they actually work and find such a wealth of them. Yes. Would you say um, to someone looking to start a career in your particular field that having uh, open source projects is a major uh, factor in your hireability? Absolutely. Yeah. Nowadays, I think that the more public you are, uh, the easier it's going to be to get hired. I mean, before you had a portfolio, but a lot of that portfolio was really on the surface. Like, okay, well, here's a project that I worked on. Here's some screenshots. Let me kind of show you the, some of the stuff that I did. Whereas if you have projects that are out there, um, either personal projects or, um, you know, open source projects, anything that people can see and dig into the work that you've done, um, just helps people hiring, uh, to be able to know that they're hiring good people. Definitely. I recently headed up, uh, hiring process for the first time and I didn't get to finish the hiring process, but <laughs> I know that sifting through, uh, we'll say triple digit numbers of applications. The one thing that began to really stand out to me was when someone had a GitHub account with at least a couple like, uh, original or even forked and well-modified projects. Yes. Makes a, makes a huge difference in the impression I get of someone right off the bat. Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting because I think that from a hiring perspective, you always hear like, you know, we're looking for somebody with passion and it's easy enough for somebody to come in and say, yes, I'm passionate about web development. But when you see how involved they are in their personal projects and how involved they are in the community, that it really demonstrates that passion more than anything else. So what do you say to people who maybe have been doing brilliant work for a company and the company does not, it, it's not a situation where they can share it. Um, what, what's the best path? I mean, should they give up some nights and weekends to, to build their own thing or I don't know. Uh, yes, I, I kind of do. It's, um, I mean, it, everybody's different. Um, I, I think not everybody is looking for the limelight. Um, but people do want to, make sure that they're not shutting themselves out from opportunities. Um, you know, so depending on the company you're working for, if that company is saying like, no, nothing that you create while you're here, um, can be put out into the open, then, um, you're going to have to find a way of creating that content that is going to attract people's attention. Would you leave a job that told you that? 
Uh, at this point, yeah, yes, I would. Uh, but I, I, I recognize that I've also uh, built up enough of a profile that I have that flexibility. Yeah. I, and not everybody has that flexibility. You know, people are going to be like, you know, I, I, they don't have the portfolio. Uh, they don't have any of that content out there in the public to rely on. And without that, um, they may may find themselves really actually locked into a position and feeling unable to really move um, as a result of that. Uh, with that said, I think that there is a ton of opportunity, and one of the great things about the web is the ability to work from anywhere. Yes, definitely. Um, would you say that you – okay, let me preface this with I think you are in the limelight. I think you've achieved a level of fame that a lot of web developers will never see. Do you <laughs> enjoy that limelight? Is that – like personality-wise, do you, do you enjoy it whether you seek it or not? It's funny because, uh, yeah, to a certain degree, you could say I'm in the limelight, but the fact is, is that I'm really not. Like, I'm. I mean, I go to the grocery store, I go to work. Um, my day to day life is pretty mundane, and nobody comes up to me and treats me like a rock star. There, there is, there is nothing like that. And even at conferences, I mean, what it does is it's given me the ability to hold conversations um, with people because uh, it, I, I am somewhat of an introvert in the sense that I find it very difficult to start up conversations, to chit-chat. But if I've already put so much of this stuff out there, it's a lot easier for other people to engage me. And as a result, I get to talk to so many people and I get to hear their experiences and we get to talk about what does and doesn't work in the stuff that we're doing. And that I really enjoy. I mean, I love going to a conference and just being able to talk to a lot of people. So you like the doors that, that what you've done has opened. Uh, yes, more, absolutely. More than the, uh, uh, giddy, uh, <laughs> people who run up and say, Hey, hi, I'm so-and-so. I think that a lot of people in your position don't realize, especially at conferences, how many people would love to talk to you but are um, bashful or or afraid of someone with so much, uh, we'll call it fame. Um, I know this from experience. I've been at <laughs> conferences with people like you and Zeldman and just wanted so much to go up and introduce myself and start one of those conversations, but I get, um, get intimidated. And I and, think, and honestly, I think our community is one of the friendliest, uh, I mean, you know, internet drama aside, um, <laughs> for the most part, I would say it is a very friendly community. I, I love being able to have those conversations. And if somebody comes up to me, um, I mean, I would love to talk and it's, <sighs> I mean, I've, I go up to other people and I will try to strike up those conversations. And sometimes it's, it works out fantastic. And other times it's like, you know, hey, how's it doing? I love the work that you're putting out there. And they'll go, thanks. And the conversation will end. And then there's this like awkwardness where I now have to like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, all right. I did just think of a topic based on that um, for this next se segment. Um, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then uh, hit you with another question along those lines. Cool. Not, not along the lines of fame and fortune. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> All right. So our first um, first regular sponsor that's not uh, Text Expander today um, 
is Shutterstock.com, where you'll find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock gives you a global image collection to find images from around the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. Choose whatever fits your need and never have to compromise. If you need just one image for your blog or your mock-up, you can do that, too. Every time you visit Shutterstock, uh, you'll find something new since they add 10,000 new images every day. It's more affordable than you think, too. Excuse me. Uh, With no extra charge for large files. Just download any image at any size and pay only one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high-resolution images. If you need them, you can just take them. Easily curate and share pictures via Lightboxes. You can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own Lightbox gallery as you search. You can also search using their iPad app. There's something called Enhanced License Access. If you like an image and you want to run it on print or swag for your trade shows, uh, they can get you an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips for all your graphic needs. If you need help at Shutterstock.com, you get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions. They also have 24-hour support during the week. Sign up for a free browse account at Shutterstock.com, no credit card needed. When you find the images you like and you decide to purchase, use the offer code DANSENTME3 and get 30% off of any package. Okay, I would like to talk about um, friendliness in the web community and on the web in general. Certainly. So the first question would be, do you think, and it's an, this is a leading question, but do you <laughs> think we've gotten better as a whole, as an internet community, at um, being civil over the years since the web uh, first became interactive oh that's a that's a really tough question um because i think it's really easy to find examples where uh, that isn't true um that yeah i mean there, there there are a lot of idiots out there um a lot of people who just aren't very nice and they can uh, create some havoc in the industry um and it's unfortunate i like i'm i'm seeing more and more of that uh crop up but with that said i've i feel like i have more and more friends as a result of this community um more and more people that I admire the work that they're doing and admire the way they um, hold themselves within the community. It's a a bigger community. And so as a result of a bigger community, you're going to have more good and you're going to have more bad. I guess for me, like, I mean, I've followed hashtags out of morbid curiosity (laughs) that were that revealed a part of the Internet to me that I wish I had never seen. Yes. Like, there are some just vicious, uh, ill-informed, uneducated people that have the ability to use the Internet. But within the community that I run in, which is primarily web developers and bloggers, I've seen this progression where uh, certain unwritten rules have begun to be uh, observed. Uh, Things like always backlinking sources. Uh, I think a lot of people used to feel that there was a lot of theft going on and simply having credits on everything in a very open source kind of mentality. 
has re- alleviated a lot of that. <clears throat> and I think that um, the idea that you don't argue on the internet, I think a lot of people are coming to realize that there's no point in a flame war <laughs> and that it's just counterproductive for everybody. And I'm seeing a lot less within within the web development community anyway. it's There's no uh, shortage of flame wars on the internet. I just, I feel like there's a maturity that has happened where, especially between prominent developers, it's, there's just no point in screaming. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly on the attribution front, I think that our community has always um, been very proactive in that regards. I mean, we think of like blogs and just the whole link back mechanism that was built around that was the idea of attribution, right? Like you're, you're writing something and you acknowledge another blog or another blog post that you want to link back to that and that that technology has been automated. And then we move into non-automated platforms like Twitter. And then we, we see a system like via uh, where you can say via this person as a way of acknowledging where you got that content. I think attribution has definitely been uh, an important part of um, that community of sharing that we want to recognize um, the people that we build our knowledge um, on top of. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we also don't want to be accused of uh, plagiarism and it's a simple way to say, no, I didn't, I didn't, come up with this idea on my own. Here's where the credit goes. Um, especially in cases where developers are extending each other's ideas. Yes. It's really nice to kind of be able to follow that breadcrumb trail back to the original source, credit where credit's due, but then see how it's evolved over uh, a few blog posts. Yeah, it's uh, and it, it can be kind of a dangerous thing. So uh, to give you an example, so I wrote a book um, called Scalable and Modular Architecture for CSS. Um, I call it SMACS for short. And uh, this book is based on a number of ideas. Um, you know, I had looked at what a lot of what people in our community were doing and built on top of that. Uh, one of those other um, concepts is object-oriented CSS from Nicole Sullivan. And what's interesting is to see um, the popularity of SMACS increase Um you know, in, in talking to Nicole, she was actually finding people saying that she had copied my work, <laughs> um, and it, and that wasn't the fact at all. And again, it's this, sort of this perception where people are very uh, particular; they want to make sure that that kind of attribution is there. And this was definitely a case of where her work was well before mine, uh, and that mine built on top of hers. And so I think almost in a way, maybe I haven't done a good enough job of recognizing that um, when I do talk about Smacks. Um, you know, the fact that there are all these other people that have been doing similar work um, and that what I did is by no means new. It's not this brand new invention. It's simply um, a way of thinking that was built on top of what other people did before me. Yeah, I think there comes a point in the life cycle of a concept or an application that it does begin to stand on its own uh, without requiring uh, constant attribution to its uh, its roots. I uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Envy Alt. It was a fork I made of notational velocity, and for the first years that it was out, I uh, I constantly referred to Envy Alt after I would say notational velocity. And it's gotten to a point where people 
people come to NVL before they even know what notational velocity is. Yeah. And I, I find myself less obligated to continually reference the root, even though I feel like it's always implied. Um, I, maybe I need to continue doing that, but I think it, I put NV in the name of it. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think, uh, I think that's, I think that's kind of a, we have two differing viewpoints on that. I think you you believe that the the web development community on the internet has always been pretty smart and friendly, and I feel like it's gotten significantly smarter than the early days, especially days when there weren't comments on the web, and and like I don't even remember how we had flame wars back then, back before Twitter. <laughs> well, I think that, uh, I mean, before Twitter, uh, blogs was where we did everything. And, you know, it was really easy for somebody running a site to, you know, to mute those flame wars. It's like, okay, you're posting on my blog something really inane. Um, I don't think this is worthy of being with the rest of the comments or with the content that I've created. So there's a lot more... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Transparency, responsibility, moderation, moderation. Like yeah, you know that you you have people that are um, they're fine tuning the content and the message that gets out there. Uh, you put it on Twitter, and it's you know, like you said, if you find that hashtag and you find this this hidden world of uh, despicable behavior, um, you know, they've suddenly found a platform. Uh, they've suddenly found a way to put their opinion out there. Uh, whereas in the past it might've been a little bit easier to shut that out. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. I will do our second sponsor. Uh, that's our third. I, I should mention Texas Expander is a very special sponsor and they got top billing and, um, I, I love Text Expander. Um, they're sponsoring Systematic specifically. So, second network sponsor, uh, which I have no less love for, is Shopify, a hosted e commerce solution that allows you to set up and run your own online store in minutes. Pick a template, add your products, pick your payment processor from PayPal to Stripe to Authorize.net, and ship your stuff. Just a few clicks. Uh, with Shopify, it's easy to sell online, and there's no software to download, host, upgrade, or maintain. Pick from over 100 professionally designed e-commerce templates. Create your own uh, with full control over the HTML and CSS. Um, there are no bandwidth limits and no need to worry about scaling when your store becomes popular. And it will, of course, become popular. Every Shopify store is level 1 PCI DSS compliant and totally secure. Uh, Snook, do you know what PCI DSS compliant means? Uh, yeah, they have people in the industry that like test security and stuff. So it, it makes sure that we're, we're on the up and up. So it's safe. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. All you need is something to sell. Uh, visit Shopify.com five slash five by five and you'll get three months for free. So go check them out today. And now my favorite part of the show uh, is our top three picks. So um, I usually let the guests start with their first one. Uh, would you like to start or would you like me to go while you... Uh, consider order and options well you know i love that you mentioned shopify i'm glad it's a sponsor i didn't see that this wasn't a setup uh even though i work for shopify um uh, i think that's pretty cool i love uh, that you sponsor my show <laughs> um okay top, top three um 
You know, this is kind of a sad one to mention, but uh, I, I really love Reader, um, R-E-E-D-E-R, um, with, you know, the demise of Google Reader coming up. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. So, uh, the Reader functions on iOS with uh, with Fever by Sean Inman. Um, is that something you see coming to the Mac desktop? I, I hope so. Because um, I, I, I really like Reader, although Fever's format is uh, maybe a little bit different than the way I want to consume. Uh, to me, I want to read a person's blog, um, and I want to be able to do that in a way that is easier than going to each individual site. I think that's the reason why RSS for me was popular. Um, and Fever, in a way, is really kind of separates that focus and puts it on specific articles and the popularity around those articles. Um, and I'm more interested in the personalities behind the actual uh, content that I'm reading. I totally agree. That's exactly the way I use RSS. Um, do you think that the demise of Google Reader is the demise of RSS, or is it a brand new uh, open open playing field the way it was back in the day, early days of like Net Newswire? I feel like RSS has been dying for a while. I mean, RSS used to be so integrated into browsers, uh, and now it's like there's no RSS icon anymore. There's no discovery of the fact that a particular site might have an RSS feed that you can subscribe to. Um, I feel like it's just it's no longer – I mean, you think of like Google saying that RSS is – or at least Google Reader was starting to die off. It wasn't getting the the gains uh, that it was seeing. A lot of that could be just the fact that browsers aren't really showing that to people coming onto the web now. If you imagine somebody like, okay, I'm hopping on, I got this great new browser, where do I find content? They they no longer have this point of discovery anymore. I see. I read that announcement from Google uh, where in, the, in the line where they said that. RSS was dying, basically. I read that as everyone's using it for sync with great applications, but we can't stick ads in that. (laughs) Um, And apparently not an unpopular opinion based on the response uh, to that statement on Twitter. It was my first 100 favorite tweet. Nice. Um, Which is weird because I just, it was an off the cuff kind of uh, reactionary statement. But I also, um, I'm frustrated that Google did what they did in uh, kind of conquering the RSS space. Like, they obliterated everybody. Yeah. And then didn't create a sustainable model and just may have actually caused the death of RSS. (laughs) Um, I don't think it'll ever completely go away, but you're right. You don't see nearly as many... I mean, people stick their meta keys in their link tags so that it can be discovered. Yeah. But there's no impetus for most people to track a blog unless they really uh, know what they're doing with that. Hopefully this will open a window for an app or a a number of apps to fill that void uh, that we can get that discovery back in. I hope so. I definitely hope so. Okay. My first pick is going to be a book on one of uh, a subject near and dear to my heart. The book is called Markdown. It's by David Sparks and Eddie Smith. Um, It covers a broad range of uh, getting started with Markdown, uh, using advanced things like multi-Markdown and Markdown Extra, and then goes into workflows, uh, how to turn Markdown into EPUB and things like that. 
It's got interviews with Merlin Mann and uh, Federico Vitici and myself. Uh, yeah, I'm in there. And uh, I even have a great picture in there. Um, so if, if you buy it, look up my picture and tell me it's handsome. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyone who's been sitting around scratching their head over this markdown that everyone, that more and more people are talking about, should definitely pick that up in the iBook store. It's uh, $9.99, and there's a PDF version available for people who don't have iPads. But um, definitely uh, support some great folks and learn about Markdown. Sweet. Yes. Unless you have something wonderful to say about Markdown, you can go ahead and do your second pick if you want. We uh, we still get requests at Shopify because we used to, for our editor, use a Markdown um, editor, but uh, you know a lot of our customers uh, just wanted sort of the rich text editor that you know it's more word like. Um, but we still get like since we switched over to the rich text editor, we still get a lot of people that ask for a Markdown editor um, just because of its simplicity. Can't you do both? <sighs> yeah, it's kind of one of those things when it comes to like opinionated software um, ah, yeah. you know do you want to have a checkbox for every feature where somebody wants one thing and somebody wants another because uh, there's a lot of checkboxes that we could put into our app if we wanted to <laughs> uh, but we, we do try to keep it um, as simple as we can um, and hopefully we can just improve the editor in such a way that uh, um, it's not a big deal either way wow good luck with that thanks that's a big task that is Elegant design is always a big task. Yeah. Um, I I think my second choice uh, will be Mixture, um, an app that I actually got a chance to take a look at when it was in alpha, um, and now it is in public beta, Mixture.io. It's a prototyping uh, tool uh, where uh, they use Liquid, which is pretty cool because at Shopify we use Liquid. Um, And you can build out prototypes, and you can even... um, uh, uh, you know, demo those things. You can like set up models and populate um, the templates that you're creating. Um, so it's it's a pretty handy little tool for uh, for building uh, some quick uh, some quick prototypes and templates. That if you're you know running a liquid based app, um, that you could easily move that stuff into your project pretty quickly. And it does uh, like browser refresh, if I recall. Oh yeah. And it does it across multiple devices, and it has something called. Was it follow? Like if you if you can set uh, one device as the leader, and if you change, if you like follow a link on that device, the other devices that it's currently displaying on will follow that. Yeah, isn't that pretty cool? That's that is a definite step forward. Uh, a lot of a lot of tools do browser refresh, but that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. And of course, good support for like CoffeeScript, uh, which again we use at Shopify. Uh, we built our own JavaScript framework called Batman JS uh, on top of CoffeeScript. Uh, we use SAS, uh, which uh, Mixture supports as well. So um, a lot of uh, a lot of popular technologies and, and very handy. Awesome. Um, I just changed my number two. I did uh, this. All this talk of web tools has made me realize that. Uh, there are probably web developers listening, and if you haven't seen Superman JS, it is an amazing collection of articles and posts and documentation on JavaScript. 
And uh, anyone who's working in JavaScript and needs to learn some patterns and needs to learn some jQuery should definitely check out superman.js. I can't remember the address offhand. Is it Superman, like IO or something? Hmm. Have you seen this? I haven't, but the fact that we have Batman.js, I feel like I should know about Superman. That's what triggered it for me. (laughs) But this isn't a framework. Um, It's a documentation. Oh, oh, man, I got it messed up. It's superhero.js. Oh, superhero JS. Superhero. Threw me off with the Batman thing. Yeah. But yeah, superherojs.com is a great resource for anyone working in JavaScript. And and I'm going to tie that into my original second choice, which was the responsive design bookmarklet. And anyone anyone uh, working with responsive design would love this. Uh, it's at uh, responsive.victorcoulon.com. Dot fr, and I'll link that in the show notes. But if you've ever used a responsive design bookmarklet that shows you all the different sizes you can work in, and how your how your current project will appear, this is primo. This is boss. It's rad. Tubular. I'm trying to bring all that back. It's not working. <laughs> uh, I, I was just reminded of that line from uh, Community, uh, where. Uh, who is it now? The dean? Uh, uh, no, um, he, he keeps saying streets ahead. It's like stop, stop trying to make streets ahead a thing. <laughs> I remember that show. I don't remember who was uh, who was pushing that. Okay, so, you know, and, and now like looking at superhero.js and like seeing the guy with the gun, I'm reminded of my third choice, uh, which is a fantastic show uh, that I've been watching the last two weeks, Archer. Yes. I bought the t-shirt. <laughs> that show is hilarious. Uh, like uh, two minutes into the first episode, I've been laughing. Uh, and it's it's so rare for a pilot episode to be that good. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that pretty much every single episode has been that good. So I'm like three episodes in on season three now. There's something about the, not just the character development, but the animation itself that really, yes. it lets me really get into it. I forget I'm watching a cartoon. Yeah, I love the animation style. And and it, it the guy's name is Dan Benjamin, right? The uh, voice the or John Benjamin. John, John Benjamin. Benjamin yeah. John Benjamin. Yeah. I always get him mixed up with our own Dan Benjamin. <laughs> um, but do you watch Bob's Burgers too? I, I've watched a little bit of it, oh. um, but I, I haven't. Uh, I want to say like maybe most of the first season. I am a devotee of both. And John Benjamin has a van. Was pretty funny. Uh, That's old though. Old. It, so yeah, Archer, Archer. Like I said, I, I I'm I'm a big enough fan that I would wear the T-shirt around, and that's pretty. Uh, that's that's a dork fan. <laughs> Definitely. All right. And my last pick, since I've kind of already done three, I'm going to mention another uh, web design tool called Aptus, and it's similar to something like. Um, um, now I'm forgetting the names of other apps. But uh, what it does is give you uh, browsers in the size of iPhones, iPads, uh, portrait and landscape versions, desktop, uh, small and large desktop. And you can flip between them, but then it can save screenshots of all of those sizes of the same page at all of those sizes simultaneously. Uh, full length scrolling screenshots that will show you how everything on the page is going to lay out. Um, not great uh 
interact. It, it doesn't like if you click a link in one version, it's not going to follow the way that Mixture does, but it does um, give you a great overview and also great for documentation of the process to kind of show how things changed and to show a client uh, differences between uh, different steps you took as uh, as the project progresses. I think it's a pretty great tool. It's on the App Store. I didn't look up the price, but I don't think it's too bad. Sounds cool. All right. Let's, um, what time are we at? Not too bad. I'll go ahead and do Sponsor 3, and then we'll we'll do a little wrap-up. Um, sounds good if you want to do great work let harvest take care of the back office tasks so that you can focus on delivering your best to your clients time tracking is easy with harvest simply start a timer from your web browser desktop mobile device and now right from your favorite project management tool like Basecamp or trello it's the most painless way for you and your team to enter time harvest has other great features like visual time reports to help you get your project done on time and within budget ensuring a successful project and a happy client. You can even do invoicing with just one click. You get a professional-looking invoice with multiple payment options accepted, so you'll get paid for all your valuable work. Try Harvest Free for 30 days. If you don't fall in love with it over your current tool, simply let the trial expire. There's no credit card and no obligation. Go to getharvest.com 5x5 to create your trial. Once your trial expires and you want to keep using Harvest, use the code 5 by 5 at checkout and receive 50% off your first month. That's a good deal. I love Harvest. And let's see. Snook, you can be found at SnookCA on both Twitter and App.net. Yes. Are you enjoying App.net? Have you found it productive? I'm having a tough time differentiating it from Twitter. Like, for me, I'm not the kind of person that cross posts on every other service um i want to like have a unique identity on each one Mm -hmm. and i don't know how to differentiate uh with with app.net so i i go there and i read but i so rarely post because i don't know what to talk about that's any different from what i talk about on twitter i have divided it such that really technical stuff that only a certain group of people are going to understand definitely goes to app.net pictures of my dogs (laughs) <laughs> and my cats yeah, that goes to twitter i don't yeah. i don't annoy app.net with constant pictures of my animals um or links to lol cats and cheeseburgers yeah i think that's a pretty good differentiation I, see for me face, facebook is like family that's where my mom is yeah exactly. so i i don't post inane stuff on there i post stuff that is like here is what I'm doing that you might be interested in. Cause I'm, I'm Facebook is almost like I'm talking to my mom. That's yeah. like the only reason why I'm on there. My wife just taught me that you can create like folders of friends. Yes. And only post certain things to certain people. And I, I never knew that cause I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook, but, uh, but now I can occasionally swear on Facebook <laughs> and not have it show up in my mom's stream. Nice. I don't swear a lot online. I try to avoid it pretty pretty strongly. But it's nice to be able to let something out and only and know that only people that uh can relate will see that. But yeah, I definitely like I enjoy app.net especially for its technical kind of uh uh, in, uh group of people. Yes. And uh and Twitter in my opinion has asked to be 
my uh, my repository for mundane pictures of pets. But that's a I have a personal personal grudge. I love Twitter. <laughs> I really do. I enjoy Twitter daily. I just uh, yeah. you know I'm slighted. But anyway, uh, your website uh, Snook. Uh, no, I'm gonna mess it up. What's your website? Snook.ca. Snook, I see. I was going to go snookca.net or something. So <laughs> I'm glad you finished that for me. Yeah. yeah see, that's why everything ties in. Snook.ca and Twitter is snookca and app.net is snookca. So it's all the same. Is Twitter and app.net, is that your handle because you had the address snookca? Yep. Absolutely. That's so handy. Um, yes. And everyone should definitely check out, if you do anything with web design, uh, definitely check out snook.ca. He has an archive going back to 2001, and and there's a lot of gold in there. All right. And I am TT Scoff everywhere, and I blog at brettterpstra.com. I'm going to give you the short version, though. You can get there with... T-R-P-S-T-R-A dot net uh, a, a listener was kind enough to procure that uh, URL for me and I recommend using that instead of my version with the three T's in the middle alright well thanks a ton for being here Snug. thank you it was a lot of fun it was an honor to talk to you um, we will be back in one week and I thank everyone for listening mm-hmm.